hour talking local sports stuff with you. Plenty of topics here to get to on the show. We've got a lot to discuss. Busy weekend for basketball. Busy weekend for football. Colts. Pacers. Excuse me. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff we got to get to. So uh, let's go ahead and get started like we always do. It's Need to Know News time. Here's your Need to Know News. AP All-American list is out. Congrats to Dylan Thiedemann. Makes third team. Only boiler to make the list, Caleb Downs, the outstanding safety from Alabama, the only other freshman on the list. He took home second team honors. Come on, that's name on the front of the jersey. Not the back of the jersey stuff. At least it feels like it. That's all right. That's cool. They're both good players. Meanwhile, football with a plethora of fresh commitments over the weekend. Remember how y'all freaking out? Good news. Celebrate. We got guys coming in. Some uh, for the high school ranks, some for the portal. 2024 Hamilton Southeastern four-star wideout Donovan Hamilton. 6'4", 195. He's in. Portal picked up, I believe, four, right? Joey Tanoa's the... uh, this is the uh, interesting one. A four, former four-star guy went up to Notre Dame, got in a car accident, medically retired, comes out of retirement, hits the portal, played with Gus Hartwig. You feel like he's probably got some versatility. That's big. Corey Stewart out of Ball State was a guy that we told you to keep an eye on. DJ Winfield from New Mexico. We've been hearing about him. He's on the way. We know that. Walters also added Jamarius Dinkins, D-lineman from Kentucky. All right? So maybe not as bad as we thought. I told you, once you start getting guys into the portal, I'm going to be okay. Over the NFL where the Colts got smoked by the Bengals, 34-41. Gardner Minshew, 26 for 39 on the day. 240 yards of TD and INT. This game was 14-14 at the half. Here's the good news, though. Pittsburgh lost. Houston lost. Cleveland lost. So playoff seating's unchanged. However, Broncos, Bills, Bengals all stacking wins, which means six teams for three spots at uh, seven and six right now. Uh, then you got the Bengals, or not the Bengals, the uh, Browns in at five. So, you know, and that's just a one-game difference there. So it is getting crowded in the AFC playoff picture. Now, Saturday, Steelers are in Lucas Oil Stadium. No Kenny Pickett for them. Mitch Trubisky instead. On top of that, top two pass rushers, Alex Highsmith and best defensive players in the league, T.J. Watt, in concussion protocol right now. So it's looking good for the Colts on that avenue. Bears got a win at home over the Lions, 28-13. Justin Fields was great, 19-33, 2-23, a touchdown. Also ran it 12 times for 58 yards and another TV TD. Uh, that's back-to-back wins over division opponents. I mean, you're excited to see that as a Bears fan. And so they continue down the stretch. I mean, you're, you're happy that Carolina lost. You're maintaining that top spot. 
They're going to head over to the Browns in Cleveland this weekend. They'll finish up at home with the Cardinals Falcons and then on the road at Lambeau. Blackhawks, for the very first time, won back-to-back games on the season. They failed to pick up the third one in a row, though. They followed the Caps 4-2. Uh, Bedard assisted on both goals, but he's gone cold as of late. Just two goals over his last 13 games. Blackhawks haven't won more than two in a row all season. Um, and now a road trip to Edmonton next up for him on Tuesday. The Fever won the uh, draft sweepstakes, or the Caitlin Clark sweepstakes, for the second consecutive year. Uh, they will pick first in the WNBA draft. Pairing Clark, they would hope, with last year's top pick and WNBA Rookie of the Year, Leah Boston, is exciting for a franchise that hasn't made the playoffs since 2016. Clark could opt out of the draft, though. She hasn't officially opted in yet, uh, but you know she's a lights-out shooter that can help spread the court. That would be advantageous. But she can come back for a fifth year of eligibility should she choose to do so. She is currently averaging 29.5 points, 6.9 rebounds, 7.4 assists. If she would stay, Fever then could char, uh, could uh, target uh, Paige Buchers out of UConn, who was one of the biggest names in college basketball until the knee injury forced her out last season. She may not have Clark's unlimited range, but she's a darn good shooter in her own right. Either player would be big gets for the Fever. Pacers are out tonight looking to rebound from that loss in the in-season tourney championship. They take on Detroit on the road, 7.5-point favorites. Bulls in Milwaukee to uh, take on the Bucks. Eight and a half point road dogs are the Bulls. Bulls are one and one against those Bucks this season. Big Ten men's hoops, they are off tonight, but they were in action yesterday. Northwestern beats up on a winless Detroit Mercy, 91 to 59. Michigan beats Iowa on the road, 90 to 80. Nebraska pulls off a 77 to 70 win at home. Over Michigan State. That one surprised me a little bit. And there you go. Oh, um, Purdue women's basketball drops their Big Ten opener 60 to 58 at Minnesota. Uh, outscored in the fourth 22 to 15. That'll do it. A little bit of a bummer there, but uh, they will take on Notre Dame on Sunday. So there you go. That, that right there, folks, would be today's need to know news. Well, the football gods have blessed us with not one, but two. Two games tonight on Monday Night Football. I don't know what we did to deserve such a uh, such an impressive thing, but hey, I'm ready to roll. Two of them here. The one that, they both seem a little one-sided. First off, Miami against the Titans. You like Tua. You really like... Uh, Two of props tonight. The Tennessee secondary is not good. Two of two plus passing TDs. Has hit in every game at home this season. Two of over 250 yards passing. Have hit in every Dolphins home game. Tyreek has scored a touchdown. In every Dolphins home game, Tyreek has had 100-plus yards receiving in every Miami home game. And Miami has covered at least 6.5, although they are 13.5-point favorites tonight. They have covered 
at least six and a half in every home game. Pretty impressive. So we know that we want to target Tua. Again, five home games this year. He's not thrown for less than 262 yards. Every other game he's thrown for over 300. So we want to target Tua. That's the very polite way to say it. He is uh, currently set on an over-under of 287. Also passing TDs tonight. You want him to go over two? Uh, you want him to get three, which is certainly a very big possibility when we talk about how good Tyreek has been at home. That's at plus 140 right now. So we love that. Uh, again, use those use those stats right there. Two of two plus touchdowns, 250 plus yards. Tyreek anytime touchdown. I can't believe Tyreek has gone for a hundred. In every home game this season. The least amount he had was against New England. 112. If you were to put together all of those props that I just gave you, that's plus 225 on your same game parlay. It's not bad. Meanwhile, over in Green Bay, hey, I like the passing game as well here. I think the under is in play. I mean, DeVito, it's amazing to me that New York has won. Well, they've won their last, uh, is it three games? I don't know how they do it. They won their last two. Packers have won their four out of their last five, including that win at home against Kansas City last week. Jordan Love has looked crisp in the pocket. They're protecting a lot better. Jordan Love over one and a half passing TDs. Minus 120. I love it. Still a young team on the road in Monday night football. Makes me a little bit, a little bit scared. But I like Green Bay tonight. I think they can cover that six as well. I mean, what? I don't even think the Giants have been that good at home this season, have they? They've lost three out of five. They got smoked by Dallas. They got smoked by Seattle. And they somehow lost the Jets. A seven-point win over the Commanders and a three-point win over New England. Yeah. I like Green Bay tonight. We're going to take a break. When we come back, boy, big win up in Toronto. We got a national media person who is continuing to try to bury Zach Eady. It feels like an agenda at this point. And I don't know why. But a lot of stuff to take away from that win against Alabama. Let's talk some hoops. Your thoughts on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline is always at 765-447-4080. Text them in. Love to read them. We're coming back with plenty more Hammer Down Show next on 1017 The Hammer.
Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Jared Jessalatis rocking with you here on your Monday. The new AP poll is out, Purdue up to number three. So it'll be number one versus number three this Saturday, Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Sorry, I was just reading this. It was an old old text here. But uh, you can send these in, by the way. 765-447-4080. Purdue rolls the victory 92-86. to It was a six-point spread, and uh, it was met exactly. Purdue uh, strong in the second half, outscoring Alabama 45-37. to Purdue also survives Alabama knocking down thir- I'm sorry, 19 three-pointers. 19! And they still found a way to win. Purdue 24-28 from the free throw line, shot 48%. Alabama shot 45%, shot 41% from behind the arc. They had a very clear strategy in this one, and it almost worked. That Sears kid, I told you, man, he was good. They sent his over-under at like 15 and a half. It was a steal of a century. Now, I didn't think the kid was going to go off for 35 But when you take 16 three-pointers and you knock down eight of them, yeah, you can do those numbers. Their bigs getting into foul trouble definitely changed a lot of what was uh, probably planned for Purdue. But Zach Eady will draw a lot of fouls. He committed three himself. 35 points for the big guy. But the big story, and I'm a, frankly, I'm a little disappointed, Indians, for not getting at me after last week. I didn't go in on Braden Smith. I just said that they did not need to have his, like, you know, six, seven rebounds a game. And what, what was he averaging? Like 11. So I said, like, 11 to 15. I said, they didn't need 11, 15 points out of him every game to win. They needed every bit of the 27 that he provided. Specifically, he was coming off that ball screen, and you know they were, they wanted to sag back and and come in on Edie. Well, he starts knocking down the mid range, and all of a sudden they got confused. They didn't know what to do. He also knocked down some big three pointers in that one. What we hit eight three pointers. He knocked down half of them. Tremendous. We knew Alabama was a good rebounding team. They, I mean, they did pretty solid there. Uh, you know, Zach, first time he hasn't had a double-double in forever, right? Because he came up short on the rebounds. But that's all right. Purdue found a way to win. And this goes back to what we talked to with Sam on Friday about running a 10-man rotation. And it's about matchups and taking away what the other team wants to do. And Purdue found a way to do that in the second half. They figured it out. And they trailed for how much of that game? And in the first, I tell you, Alabama just comes out just knocking down all these threes. And Purdue hung with them. It was such a tremendous job. And everybody kept on saying it. It felt like a Elite Eight game. It felt like a good tournament game. 
And that's what you want to simulate. And on top of that, you come home with a victory. 100% it's Zach Eady and Brain Smith in that game. Was it 62 of those points? 62 to 92? I mean, they were just tremendous. Specifically, Braden. That was his game. He's usually just more of the distributor who can knock down, you know, some double digit points, and it helps you out. Keeps folks from piling in on idiot times. But when they needed a shot, I mean, he just wanted to take over that game. He knew it was his time to shine, and he did it. Oh, boy, did he do it. He was tremendous. In front of a national TV audience. Absolutely tremendous. And I mean, you knew Zach Eady was going to go off. DraftKings said he was going to score it was a 21 and a half. <laughs> okay. I was reading some of the uh, some of the sites that have the professional handicappers and stuff were talking about how, you know, Alabama's got the size to be able to contain Zach Eady. Mm-hmm. Too bad they don't have the size that can't foul Zach Eady. He again continues to be a problem. And when you become a problem like that, you then become a target for some folks. Exhibit A, uh, this guy named Aaron Torres. I've never heard of Aaron Torres. He has a podcast, apparently. I believe he writes for is it Fox. Hosts on Fox Sports Radio's National College Football Recap Show. He's also apparently a best-selling author. And he spent a good chunk of his show, it sounds like, today, and he mentioned this on the weekend, that Zach Eady is refereed unfairly. Purdue is plus 44 free throws in their four biggest games this year. They were plus 18 against Tennessee, plus 14 against Alabama. Dude, you know why they were plus 14 against Alabama, right? Because Alabama chucked up 46 threes. And you tend to not go to the line very much when you're shooting three-pointers and not going into the paint. And you tend to shoot three-pointers when you go, or you tend to get the foul shots when you go into the paint, like Purdue does. I genuinely do not understand why these national people dislike Zach Eady this much. I just don't. Some of them have their own agendas because they go to other Big Ten schools. Some of them just like to do it because it stirs up hits for them. But honestly, deep down inside, what is it? Is it because he plays for Purdue? Is it because you watching college basketball and you say to yourself, this really is the best team in the country. They were the best team in the country for a minute last year, and they've gotten way better. Is, is, is that it? You're, you're scared of that? Is it because he's just 7'4 and he plays this old school kind of game? Is it because you're watching him and you go, I legitimately don't know how you stop him or Purdue Boilermakers, and that scares you? It's because he's not flashy, he's not stepping out to 
shoot these threes and pointing to the ice veins and stuff like that. What what is it? It's not like he's a hateable kid. He's got a great story. He's not out here constantly whining and complaining. He's unique. What's the problem? Is it because the best player in the country plays for Purdue? And not Kansas or Duke or UNC? Is that the big problem here? Because I guarantee you stick him on a lot of those other teams. He becomes one of the best players in college basketball ever. That would be the narrative. It's probably a combination of all those things. And that and the fact that nobody has really figured out how, how do you stop him. So that's why the narrative gets pushed. And it started to last year, remember? Zach Eady fouls. Zach Eady fouls all the time. Yeah, these fouls, you know, you gotta he, he can't be drawing fouls like that all the time. It's, it, it's the despair it's the disparity in the foul calls. They've got to be they push that narrative. We talked about it last year, they did it. That's why I wonder whatever happens on Saturday here, if you don't see him start to get in some foul trouble, if they really ramp that narrative up again, you don't see some of that start to happen. Tennessee had size, played too physical. Alabama had size, plays too physical. He is a unicorn player. And just how smooth his movements are, how strong he is, how big he is, and what he can do. Physically, he is very tough to guard because physically you don't have a whole lot of guys in the country that match up with his size and his strength that can keep him from getting to where he really wants to get. Your only prayer is to deny the pass and then turn around and knock down a whole bunch of threes against this Purdue team. That seems to be the game plan right now. Maybe somebody figures something out between now and the tournament. We'll see. But for real, I don't understand these these podcasters, people's dads on their podcasts. Oh, he's just tall. He's not skilled. Yeah, no. We totally give out National Player of the Year awards to guys that aren't skilled. And that's why everybody recruits seven foot four guys. Please. Can't figure them out. That's your problem. I love it. I love it. We're going to take another break. We'll come back. Plenty more Hammer Down Show next. Let's go. Hammer Down Show. 1017 Hammer. 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis. You can always reach out to the show uh, by texting me on the uh, Blue Fox Scene Cooling Hammerhead hotline at 765-447-4080. That is 765-447-4080. Well, how about this? Portal. Portal taketh, but the portal does giveth. And I've been saying this for the last week and a half. Uh, those Ians that are running around thinking the world's on fire because you see everybody going into the portal... You don't see what happens with the other teams, necessarily. 
knowing that this is happening to everybody, you get a little freaked out. I get it. Everybody wants to stay around if you're winning. Some guys just need a change for whatever reason. You also have the, you know, the new coaching staff. People hung around, gave it a chance. Maybe it's not working out for them. It's not a shocker. You heard Tom Deanhart on the show last week. You know, it was a big exodus of, uh, exodus of wide receivers, but he went through all those guys. Anything the fairy? No. It happens. Pretty went in their bag this weekend, though. We told you you got a four-star wide out here coming from Hamlin Southeastern. Signing day's nine days away. Boom. But you needed to have some portal additions, right? And they went out there, and with what was going on with the offensive line, you knew you already needed to stack that up. You needed to make sure you held on to Gus Hartwig. They did that. But you needed some bodies, and you needed some good ones, because you needed not only to improve that group, but you needed some depth for that group. Purdue went out and got four this weekend in total. DJ Wingfield out of New Mexico, he's got a year left, 6'4", 289. Saturday they get Joey Tanoa, who, again, is a is an indie guy, 6'5", 295, four years of eligibility. He was at Notre Dame, got into a car accident, never played a snap, had a back concussion, tried to work his way back from it. Marcus Freeman's like, he just hadn't been able to put it together. Wild card. But boy, a big upside there if you could make that happen. They brought in that big kid from Ball State over the weekend. He's good to go. 6'6", 303, Corey Stewart. And then everybody's excited about Rod Green. He already sounds like a Boilermaker. Rod Green. 6'5", 315, three years left. J.C. College transfer. Pretty good. Uh, Tom Deanhart said he began his career at Grambling. But even if none of these guys end up being starters, which I don't think that's what's going to happen there, you still you have built some depth there. And a couple of those guys can move around, too, to different spots, which is great. You love that versatility. Bringing in some bigger guys to allow uh, maybe some of your current players. Marcus Bow can slide back more to his natural guard spot. So not only with a depth where you, you know, not having the bodies, but you're also having guys that are probably playing the positions they're not best suited for. Now losing Kaltenberger in the portal kind of that you know that stunk. So you needed to go out and you needed to hit the portal in a big way offensive line. We talked about that. Obviously, wide receiver has become a a, a recent need. 
but they come out of the gate firing with four bodies to put on the offensive line. Big ones at that. Shout out to Coach Walters and company. And it's just getting started. There's plenty more coming, but it goes back to my point is, you know, we get so worked up here about what goes into the portal, you forget that things do come out. People do come out. And so you're able to calm down just a little bit. Now, are, are, there, are, are there more coming on the offensive line? I would hope so, I would think. I'm sure there's plenty more offers out there. If you go and you subscribe to Golden Black, I'm sure you're aware. But you gotta, you know, you gotta address the wide receiver thing next. You picked up a D-line commitment too. Hey, that's great. But the two areas now that you, I, I think you most need. You probably still do need uh, one or two more O-line, which would be great. But you're going to need some linebacker help. And you're clearly going to need the wide receiver help. I think the wide receiver helps a little bit easier to find. I think it's easier to find some athletes at that position. I could be wrong. But I think with the pressing need that Purdue has... Guys that were looking to be buried on depth charts, maybe. Or looking for that playing time. It's going to be here at Purdue, and that will that'll attract some guys, that's for sure. But really, I, I think you got to be pretty happy with the way that this portal season has started out now, recruitment-wise, uh, for Purdue. So if you continue to build that momentum there, uh, you've got your high school recruits that you're hanging on to here. And signing day's the 20th. You do that, you're in good shape. So that's the things you're looking for right now. You're looking on the transfer portal for those linebackers. You're looking for wide receiver. Maybe looking here for uh, another O-line or two. And then over on the high school side, you know, you're worried about that. Uh, did Coy Beasley take that uh, trip to Syracuse this weekend or is it next weekend? You hope that that, you know, he's still there at Purdue in two weeks when he signs. So that's what you're looking for. Good week. You're not going to solve all the problems in one weekend. But you did address some needs here this weekend, and that staff should be commended. See what we can pick up between now and signing day. Lock down the signing day class, which has got some great pieces, especially if Beasley wants to stay. You might have a future quarterback in there as well. Got some great secondary pieces, too. You got two really good corners coming in.
added in a four-star wide receiver. It's going to be good. We're going to be good down the stretch, people. Positive vibes. Let's go. We'll take our final break. We'll come back. Things we may have missed and more as we wrap up the Hammer Down Show next. Hey, welcome back. It's the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Jared just let us with you here. All right. Uh, by the way, the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, thank you for folks texting. And I did get a question about quarterback if we were still... Yeah, we still do have Hudson Card. I don't believe they're looking for another quarterback in the uh, in the portal. I think there's other pressing issues, and uh, uh, from what I'm told, uh, quarterbacks can be expensive in the uh, portal, and Purdue's got some other needs they need to worry about. So I, I think they're okay right now. It'll be fine. So thank you for reaching out. Also, I had another one here that told me, don't forget about the clown on ESPN bearing Purdue and Edie. I did see there was some other clip, like post-game, talking about you know the past and stuff like that. It's just... Yeah, it's a narrative. This is what happens when you lose to a 16 team seed. It's the narrative, and until Purdue goes out and changes it, still have to wait till March to do. Uh, it's going to continue, and even afterwards, it'll probably still continue a little bit. It'll be well, I don't have Edie anymore. And what are you going to do? Can't control all those talking heads. I wish you can educate them all you want, but they're not going to listen. They're just—they're not. Don't even bother tweeting at him. Don't retweet his stupid podcast. That's what they're going to do. Uh, <laughs> things we may have missed. Kurt Signetti's already getting it here from uh, from Purdue fans because he made a uh, he he made a comment apparently on Twitter. It was, and he mentioned the the trains coming down the tracks. Gaining momentum? Nobody told him that the trains was a Purdue thing? Okay. Look, I'm willing to give the guy a little bit of a chance here. I think he's a smart guy. He's bringing a good chunk of his team with him, too, in terms of uh, coaching. Let him get the lay of the land, and then I'll start roasting him. It is fun for, I get it though, it is a little bit fun, right? Uh, Shout out to the fan who uh, apparently uh, hopped into a Soldier Field boiler room because he really had to uh, go number two. Yeah, I know some of those men's restrooms are bad, but at the same time, really? What a jerk move. Look, I know, you gotta go, you gotta go, sometimes you got to, I get it. I'm not condoning this in the least bit. You know why? Somebody's got to clean up after you. And I'm assuming this dude's probably had a few. Somebody on Twitter took a picture of this. <laughs> why? Why? Please don't ever do that. Somebody has to clean up after you, you jerk. New rumors surfacing about Juwan Howard at Michigan. Saying that, uh, I, I saw this on Twitter here, okay? So, according to university official, direct knowledge of the matter, Howard's status as Michigan head basketball coach is unchanged after a confrontation between Howard and the strength and conditioning coach, John Sanderson, in a team practice late last week, is being explored and going through a university review process. It is university procedure for such a review to be conducted outside of the athletic department. Yeah, we've seen how these go. Um, multiple sources say claims of punches being thrown, 
are inaccurate. Sanderson didn't travel the team to Iowa, which Michigan won by 10. He did not return a call for comment. He's probably not going to. Look, we don't know everything in, in this, and I tend to not believe random guys that go, well, sources tell me. And nobody else is speaking out about it, and we don't have any direct evidence of anything. What am I to believe? Does he have a history of behavior like this? Well, seemingly on the court, we've seen it. Is that enough for me to go straight out and condemn the guy? No. I'll need to see some surveillance video footage or something to be able to make a judgment. Otherwise, this is just... This is just, you know, people telling me, well, somebody said something. And who knows that they even saw it. Now, the university will go through a, a process. Do I 100% trust those things? No, I don't, because I think special exemptions, especially in some schools for athletics, get made all the time. All the time. That being said, this is slightly different from the Harbaugh thing, because, well, Juwan hasn't exactly been putting basketball teams in the national championship picture for a while now. Meanwhile, Harbaugh has. So is his past behavior and then this little dust-up, whatever allegedly happened, enough to get him to... I don't think so. Probably not. Unless there's some video that surfaces of him really throwing punches or shoving or being physical, I'd be surprised. I'd be shocked if I were you, if that happens. I just don't see it happening. It is a little bit disappointing, though, to see a guy who's been given several chances to work on some anger issues, that this kind of stuff keeps popping up. But, again, I don't know who sources are, and who knows if those sources just heard something, were told something, or actually saw something. So until I can actually see something, or Michigan comes out and says, hey, we're suspending coach, uh I'm not going to believe anything. I'm just not going to believe it. And I don't think you should either. You should know by now, we just talked about clickbait, podcasts, and how they use ED. And you should know by now these people will throw stuff out there just to get the clicks, just to get the likes, just to get the follows. I need to see it. I trust what I see with my own two eyes. That's going to do it for us here on the Hammer Down Show. Uh, we're coming back tomorrow. It is a uh, slow week of Purdue Athletics as we hit finals week. But, you know, we'll find plenty to talk about here on your Tuesday. Hopefully the portal continues to pop here for Purdue. We'll get you the uh, latest. They had a whole bunch of people in over the weekend. Maybe somebody else wants to make a decision and come join the Boilers for a big win. So uh, we'll talk about that and uh, more here. We're back tomorrow. Another round of the Hammer Down Show here on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. I'll see you back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Thanks for listening as always, guys.